We don't want the Word of God just to be external. The Word of God, by the way, Jesus, His name is the Word of God. And just as He dwells in our hearts, His Word, which is He, needs to dwell in our hearts too. That's why I've told you, don't you ever take someone's word for the Word of God. You read it yourself, you devour it, you get into it, find out what the Word of God says. That's good. So therefore we say, this book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. At North Lake Church, convinced living water changes everything one life at a time. Praise the Lord. And that scripture verse, I've had some people ask about it. Don't you mean the scripture verse in John where it talks about rivers of living water coming out of your belly? No, we picked the fact that Revelation 22.1 that says the, the river of God flows right from the throne of the Lamb. It's right from Jesus. And it's the freshest water because it's north. Amen? Amen. And so that's what we're talking about. So this morning, I want to talk about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not some uh, uh, powerful force. He's not an entity. He is one of the persons of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's hard for us to understand, but the best way to understand, the, the simplest way to get you to understand is when I asked you to bring me an egg, you don't bring back to me an egg yolk. You don't bring back to me an egg shell. You don't bring back to me the egg white. You bring back to me an egg. All three of those parts constitute the egg, the egg shell, the egg white, the egg yolk. But the three all are the egg. That is a very simple analogy of describing the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and how they work together and all of them doing different things as they are God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, that's what we're talking about. And this morning, I specifically want to talk to you about watch Him work. Watch Him work. The Holy Spirit is constantly, always at work. Just as Jesus said when He was walking physically on the earth, He said, I am always about my Father's business. There's never a moment when I'm not consumed to do my Father's will. The Holy Spirit is constantly at work. We may not see him because we don't see him physically with our eyes. But as I've told you, we spend way too much time thinking that the, everything in the universe centers around our five senses. There is so much outside in the spiritual realm that is not a part of this physical world. You must understand that. And the Holy Spirit is at work. He is constantly at work. We are going to read a passage of Scripture today, uh, and I am doing my best today to try to uh, get through this. It's going to be a time of, of, of really uh, uh, teaching, but it's also going to be a time I know 
that, that the, this message is just burning on my heart. So hang with me today, and uh, let's see if we can get through this. Um, isn't it interesting to see as we continue to struggle as a nation with really what morality and what truth is going to be in our country? And I'm simply telling you this. I understand that there is a political correctness that is really going around. But we need to decide as the people in the book of Acts. And one of the things I want to talk to you about, I don't want to get sidetracked, but I want to talk to you about this. If you have in your Bible the book of Acts, I, I, I'm going to ask, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to, but I know I've done it, and it helps me. The book of Acts, I've entitled it, because this was from Southwestern, and this is good theology, okay? The uh, apostles, everyone that has ever done uh, what we would call a miracle, that, that really is not good terminology because it has a tendency, even though we don't mean it, to exalt the vessel rather than the one who gave the gift. Okay? So what they taught us to do is don't just leave Acts. In fact, it was for a long time known as the book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit. It was not the apostles that did it. It was not people who did it. God worked through them, but it was God working by his spirit. You say, Pastor, why are you so uh, keen on that? Because we need to understand that he is the one that is to receive all of the glory. Now, again, in this uh, stage that we are, where we are struggling with morality, when we are struggling with, really, what is truth going to be? It is here that this interesting passage of Scripture, right after all that has taken place, you know, with our, our uh, uh, a country and what is happening with some of the court decisions and all that is taking place, not just that, we look and we see, and Jesus said, when all of these things begin to take place, you'll know that the end is, is near. Now, I've had people ask me, How, when is it, Brian? I don't know. God's word says, the first time someone tells you they know, you know they're not telling you the truth. Okay? <laughs> so, you have somebody that tells you they know, run. <laughs> okay? Because... I will tell you, it's going to happen when God wants it to. But God does give us things to look for and signs to look for, and we see those signs. But listen to what it says as we look at our scripture here. Watch him work. We're going to be looking at John 16. John chapter 16. I want to read to you verses 1 through 11. John 16, 1 through 11. We haven't done this in a while, but I just want to welcome those who may be joining us on live stream. 
Uh, there are many who are being blessed by this, and I just uh, thank you for, we haven't had the signs up for a while, but thank you for being willing uh, to allow us to do that. It has been a blessing, not just for those who in our congregation can't join us. There are many that are outside of our congregation that have watched and been blessed, so we thank God for that. These things I have spoken to you that you may be kept from stumbling. They will make you outcasts from the synagogue. But an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering service to God. And these things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. But these things I have spoken to you that when their hour comes you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But I am going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will, shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father... And you no longer behold me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Praise God, what a passage of scripture. Now in the Greek, if you're interested in writing this, uh, this word down, the word is paraclete. P-A-R-A-C-L-E-T-E. Paraclete is a word used for the Holy Spirit, and it simply means this, comforter. It also can be translated, one who comes to the aid or the assistance of. Now, what a great name for the Holy Spirit. He is our comforter. He is the one who has come, and he's come on Christ's behalf. Understand that about the Holy Spirit. I've got three points that I want to get across to you today, but I want to send a little bit of a, of a background here, and that is that the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, is always interested in coming to the aid of you to make Christ manifested or to make Christ clear to you. To reveal Jesus Christ. He does that so that there would be no ambiguity. So that, that it would be very clear. The spirit that dwells in every believer according to the word of God declares Truth in Jesus Christ. Well, you say, what are you talking about, Brian? You're, you keep saying that. 
I mean the Holy Spirit is not independent. He's not doing his own thing. He's come to simply lift and exalt the person of Jesus Christ. He conducts, if you will, the case and the cause of Jesus Christ. In fact, that's why Paul write this verse down. I'm going to have you writing verses down too for your further study. Write this verse down, 1 Corinthians 12, 3. It is here that Paul, speaking by the Spirit, says nobody who is speaking in a tongue, a heavenly tongue, if it is interpreted Jesus be cursed, nobody is speaking truth because the Spirit doesn't say that. You hear me? That's why Paul says uh, that the, the, uh, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is under the authority of Jesus Christ. He's only there to magnify Jesus Christ. May I tell you then that because he is a person, and I bring back to you at verse number 7 and 8, that Jesus refers to him as him. I will send him to you. Verse 8, he, when he comes, it is the person of the Spirit. And this is why the Word of God says that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. He can be hurt. Now, I will tell you, I believe that there are, it also could mean offended or, or to, to, to be uh, 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 out of uh, sorts. Now, what would cause the Holy Spirit to be out of sorts? Anything or anyone who claims that their experience leads them to a new truth beyond Jesus Christ. That grieves the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's job is to exalt Jesus Christ and that we would abide to live in the truth of Jesus Christ. To never go outside of the truth of Jesus Christ. So the Spirit only speaks for Jesus. He is a unique stamp of Jesus' personality. That's who He is. Because it says that the Spirit comes directly from the Father and then Jesus sends him under his authority to lift him up. Obviously, he also empowers and guides us. The Scripture is clear that the Holy Spirit comes as a power for us to be a witness. Acts 1, 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Now that power isn't just for what we are going to be studying about in tongues. We miss this. Uh, Paul, that's why he writes to the Corinthian church, and he says, you're acting like children. When you gather together, all you're doing is babbling and speaking in tongues, and everybody says, you're out of your mind. Okay? Because he's saying that there needs to be an order. There needs to be something happening that brings glory to God. So the scripture is to, though, According to the scripture, the Holy Spirit empowers us to be a witness. 
Now, why is that? Because, let me show you in here, the verses we read, he says, verse 10, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will no longer behold me. What does that mean? That means Jesus won't be physically here on the earth anymore. We won't see him with our eyes. But he is here by his Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Now, the Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. And I, I don't want to bring any uh, undue attention, but I want to mention something because uh, God is always at work, as I told you. And this week, uh, down at the river, we had a, a, a poor uh, young girl who was drowning. And... Uh, she tells a story that as she was under the water, she knows that she saw, she opened her eyes, and someone, huge person with incredible huge muscles, grabbed hold of her and thrusted her up toward the surface. And Danny and Rose witnessed that she came out of the water and shot up. And Rose swam out and grabbed hold of her. And she doesn't remember anything after that because it went, she went black. But listen, the Word of God says, you often entertain angels unaware. That He gives His angels charge over us. <laughs> and praise the Lord... God, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is He reveals Christ to us and wants us to know that Jesus Christ is who He says He is, that He's the truth. Amen? So I want to talk about these three things as we get ready now to move into the, the three specific areas. I want to talk about the fact that the Spirit is at work regarding sin, the Spirit is at work regarding righteousness, and the Spirit is at work regarding judgment. Okay? And so how do we put this all together? The word, by the way, convict, in the, in the Scripture verse uh, that we read this morning, it says uh, He is to convict the world regarding these things. Do you know the word convict means it, it connotates, first of all, an action word? But it also can be not just convict, but convince. The Holy Spirit reproves, exposes, re rebukes, and persuades the case of Jesus Christ. That's who He is. That's what He does. He is that person, and that's what He does to the world. Now you say, well, how does, the, how does He do that? Jesus is no longer here. I'm glad you asked, because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Jesus himself, and Luke says, you're, you're missing the entire point because you're looking for the kingdom of God out here somewhere, but the kingdom of God lives in you. Hallelujah. All right. 
So let's talk about these three things that the Holy Spirit does, the first one being sin. Concerning sin, you say, well, uh, Pastor Brian, uh, what, what really is, if, if you could narrow it down, is the source of sin? Sin is the source of sin is pride and unbelief. You trace it back to the beginning where Satan rebelled. He said, I will become like God. And he did not believe that God had the right to be God. He wanted to be God. Pride and unbelief. And if you look at right now, the, he says he will convict the world of sin. The source of sin is unbelief. And Jesus says it is at that point that you are rejecting the truth of the gospel. The Holy Spirit is revealing that God has made a way back to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. The plan is clear. God did not say, well, I have three or four plans and you've got to choose the best of them. And I hope you make a wise choice. How confusing. God says, there's one way through my son, Jesus Christ. One way. And uh, so uh, he is here, and his first role is to convict the world of sin. Now, I will tell you, as it says here in this first part, that there's coming a time possibly when people who kill you will think they're doing God a favor. Now, now, hear me, hear me, hear me. You know my heart, but I will explain it to you. Jesus has not, nor has his Holy Spirit, called us to be obnoxious haters. That is, it brings a reproach to God in the name of Christ. But it is just as a reproach and a... Uh, it's a stench in God's nostrils not to stand on truth. To wink at sin. To tell people who are on their way apart from Jesus and possibly an eternity without God to just say, oh, you'll be okay. I hope you find the right way. That is not love. So when I talk about these things, when I talk about that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, I, I'm going to be clear. Anyone that holds a sign that says God hates you is out of bounds from what the Word of God says. God's Word says God loved them so much that he gave Jesus Christ to die in their place for their sin. But Jesus also says, if you do not accept him for who he says he is, you will certainly die in your sin. And that is truth. But we need to stand in love. We need to stand in love. And this is a, a very precarious time. 
because we are coming to a point truly in the book of Acts chapter 4. John and Peter finally said, you decide for yourself whether it is better to obey man or God. We can't help talking about Jesus. Praise God. May the Spirit grab a hold of us so much that we say, God, I know who you are and I know the truth and I am not going to compromise it. I'm standing in love. I'm standing on your word. Amen? I want to look at this through this scripture. John 9, 39 through 41. Then we'll move on. Listen to what Jesus says. This is a very important passage of scripture. Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world. That those who do not see may see. And those that who say, and then that those who see may become blind. Those Pharisees who were with him heard these things and said to him, We are not blind too, are we? And here it culminates it. Remember, it says, Jesus has come for judgment. Verse 41 Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have, you would have no sin. But since you say, we see, your sin remains. People who refuse to come to the truth of Jesus Christ, Jesus said he's come to convict of sin. It's still, you know, very popular that people that do bad things want to be in the dark. It's true. You look at where all, most of that happens, they don't want to be out in the open. Why? Because it's shameful. And so uh, Jesus is convicting of sin, and part of the world's hatred for the church, the real church, not religion, religion will kill you. Jesus will set you free. But the reason that it hates you is because it hates Jesus. It doesn't like having to look at the sin. It's saying, I will be my own God. I can handle my own self. And by the way, if there is no God, guess what I get to do? Whatever I want, because there is no God. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin. And while the Holy Spirit is here and active, that is one of the things he does. Then, he also says of righteousness. Now, this is interesting. He says of righteousness because I am no longer there. Christ is the standard of truth. Now, we can argue till from now until Jesus comes that he's not truth, but I guarantee you when the Scripture says and when Jesus says 
I am the truth, the way, and the life. He means truth is established in his name. He is truth. Literally, it means that the Holy Spirit, through uh, his working, will convict the world and convict people of righteousness. He will, in other words, almost like a scale, he will tell you, you have weighed and have been found wanting. You're lacking what you need. You are not righteous. You are not even close. And you are in need of a Savior. And therefore... The scripture says he gives you Christ's righteousness. That's why we come to salvation because it's not that we are any better. We are sinners saved because of Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Because of his standard. Because he was perfect and holy. Because Jesus is not physically here, he makes, through the power of his Holy Spirit, us a a light to the world of what his righteousness is, if we're living in him. So this this is the importance of the power of the Spirit of God. It's not just to get your free ticket to heaven and escape the flames. It's God wants to mold you and make you into his image. Romans 8, 28 says you are predestined. Not meaning God chose for you heaven or hell. Read the scripture. It says you're predestined to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Hallelujah. That means that when you become saved, he is going to work his righteousness in you. Now, again, let's look at the scripture verses that go along with this. Righteousness, when we look at these, John 16, 2. Jesus says, listen. When righteousness comes, the reason that they're going to do these bad things to you is because they don't know the Father or me. So don't be shocked. Okay? Then it says in John 15, 18, and 19, turn there. John 15, 18, and 19, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Does that make sense? John 13, 34, and 35. Again, I want to, I'm saying it twice. Righteousness, Christ's righteousness does not mean self-righteousness. Self-righteousness puffs up. Self-righteousness is about self. Self-righteousness says, I'm better than that person. Christ's righteousness makes us walk humbly 
because we recognize it's only by the grace of God that He has saved me. And the only way that I reveal Jesus to, to anyone is not because of the, what I've done, but because of what the Holy Spirit's done in me. Amen? Because of His power in me. So John 13, 34 and 35 says, By this all men will know you are my disciples by love. Therefore, guys, as the world heats up and trials come, please understand, trials are going to come. They were a part of it. The disciples had them then. Uh, You look in the history of the church, they've had trials throughout the history of the church, and I believe we are going to go through a time of trial in our country right now. But lift up your head. Your redemption's drawing nigh. Rest in Jesus Christ. Don't rest in self-righteousness. Rest in His righteousness. Then, last one, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. They overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You have a word of testimony that the Holy Spirit's put in you. It's not anybody else's, it's yours. Your testimony will be unique to anyone else's, but he's given you something to praise God about. Let it out. All right, the last one I want to talk about is judgment. Judgment, he says he's, Come to convict the world, to persuade or convince or convict of sin, righteousness, and the last one, judgment. What does that mean? He's here to convict the world of judgment. Well, let's look at at, uh, uh, this a little bit. Because judgment, first of all, 1 John 3, verse number 8, says, Jesus, the reason he came was to destroy the works of the devil. That's the whole purpose, is to destroy what Satan had ruined, to destroy his work and to establish what God wanted, to bring judgment. Now, I will tell you, God has already brought judgment in several areas. Number one... Uh, Isaiah 14, 15. God exercised his first judgment when he kicked Satan and his angels out of heaven. They said that they were going to be, Satan said, I'll be like God and raise up and set my throne. And God said, nope, sorry, you're out of here. Okay? Then... If that weren't enough, when Satan got cast down, Satan went out to ruin the apple of God's eye, you and I. And therefore, he tried to pollute what God had created to be beautiful. And it was here on the cross that it says in Colossians 2.15, Jesus Christ Through the power of dying on the cross and rising again. He made a 
public spectacle of the devil. He publicly, when he went down and grabbed the keys of death away from him, he made a public spectacle of him. Exactly. He strong-armed him. Have you ever had one of those things where you see your friends get on the table and they're going to arm wrestle? Have you ever seen what it looks like when the loser walks away? He strong-armed him. You know, devil had all of his people around. They thought they'd killed Jesus. It was over. And God played one of the greatest April Fool's jokes ever played. <laughs> he rose on that third day, victorious, alive forevermore. The scripture says he sits at the right hand of God. Hallelujah! Give him a shout of praise. So that was the second judgment. Then it says that there's coming a time. Guys, Satan in, in Revelation chapter uh, 12, Revelation chapter 12, it says that Satan is filled with anger, Revelation 12, 8, because he knows his time is short. He already knows that Jesus came down once and cleaned his clock. Okay? And he knows it's only a matter of time before he is going to be thrown into the lake of fire forever along with his demons and false prophet and everyone else. Hallelujah. So, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, is convicting the world every time they have tried to prove why the resurrection isn't true, and they find out only to see there's more proof that it's happened, the world is standing judged because God is exactly who he said he is. Every time they go to prove, oh, see, this is fallacy. It's, it's all, it's all. I'm telling you, God is exactly who he says he is. And when he says that through the Holy Spirit he brings conviction to convict, to turn, to draw, to, uh, uh, to uh, reprove about sin, righteousness, and judgment, I'm telling you, can you believe the ability to be able to be involved in a kingdom like this? We have adults and so many people that are escaping in video games and role play and because they want to fake to be somebody man become a part of a real kingdom become a part of a reality join the army of God and be empowered by His Holy Spirit. 
I tell you, he'll give you more joy and peace and life in your body than any of that will. And it's not fake. <laughs> it just cracks me up, some of these things. And I know games are, I'm not railing against games, okay? I'm just saying, I find it ironic that the real thing is offered to us and we escape to something else. Amen? The Holy Spirit, watch Him work. He is at work. So even though you see the turmoil and the world that turmoil around you, take heart. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. Bow your head with me.